Welcome to the Fem Nation Podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to the Fem Nation Podcast. Today, I have Katie, the boss lady, here with me on an interview uh, with her business, Heating and Cooling for Commercial and Multifamily Properties, which is a little different than we've talked about before. And I, I wanted different, though. We know the Fem Nation is a little different anyways, because we expand to all women in all industries, and we want to share that journey. So I have an amazing opportunity to bring Katie on today, and I am so grateful you're here today, Katie. Oh, great for being here. I'm really excited to kind of share everything that's going on and talk to your audience. Awesome. Thank you so much. Let's get started with the one question. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? Oh, man. Entrepreneurial journey. Um, I think like all entrepreneurs, sometimes it's just in your DNA and sometimes it's a little bit of your childhood and just being raised. I mean, Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, you know, everybody goes, you know, what'd you play? And you know, we played Robin Hood and all that fun stuff back in the day, but I played like office and I was like, oh my gosh, when I thought about it later, I was like, I guess I was really just meant to run things like a business. You have to have that office structure straight, but then that drive to really make a change and go do things. So when I think about it, it's kind of fun. Um, you know, my dad was a engineer so obviously trades and how things worked and everything like that, that's just kind of what I was exposed to at a young age. So it just made things interesting, fun, all about processes. Um, and when the, the opportunity really presented itself to start a business, I jumped on it. What made it, what, what was a determining factor that made that opportunity the one that you jumped on with? Um, really, it was a good opportunity that came across um, me and my husband. He has the technical brains, but has no desire nor inclination to do any of the business side. And I've always wanted to have my own business, run my own business. So we kind of teamed up on that front because he's worked for other HVAC companies and especially in residential. It's a lot of sales, um, a lot of bait and switch. And he really didn't appreciate that about the industry. He felt like it cheapened the industry, but he really liked the industry of doing the trade. Mm. But he didn't have the entrepreneurial business side, running the office, running the schedule, doing all that. That wasn't his thing. So we just really talked about it and we're both pretty independent people. And we're like, If I do the office part and you help with the technical part, I don't, you know, this will work. And that was eight years ago. So obviously it's worked. You know, we have technicians, we've grown, we've changed, we've morphed all kinds of different things. But um, just having the, the guts to say yes 
and take a chance on myself that I could do it was huge. Tell me a little bit more about taking that chance on yourself. What was it that you, you looking back now, feel that you overcame in order to take the steps and then have overcome since then? Oh my gosh, steps to overcome. So when we started the business, my husband worked for a hospital system um, here in town. So we were kind of doing the part-time thing. And I was at home with my daughter. You know, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom for a little while. Come to find out really quickly, I do not do very well being at home uh, with nothing to do. I guess I'm too much of a busybody. (laughs) So he was kind of getting sick of things at work. And I was getting bored of just being a stay-at-home mom, which is nothing wrong with it. I got friends that are stay-at-home moms. I love them. It's just not in my DNA to do just that. I have to do something else. So kind of a part-time thing. And it got to a point uh, when the company he was working for got bought out and they were going to bring him over to the new company. And it was just, do we go with the new company? You go out on your own, trust that I'm going to help you be able to get the work, manage the office, do all the books, do all that, and make a better life for ourselves. And we did it. I mean, it was just, it's one of those things, it's an internal thing when you go, okay, this is the time. Because if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it because you're going to be too comfortable. You're never going to move on Mm -hmm. and move to the next step. So it was an internal you need to do this now, or you need to let this dream go because you're not going to do it. The opportunity will not present itself of the timing to have it happen. What was the, the pull that made you go that direction then that was like, okay, so here's now it's either now or not at all, or going in, in a completely different direction. What was the piece that said, you know what, this is now I am doing this. We're just going to take a leap of faith. It, it's just the timing. It's just like everything lined up. You know, we had, we already were buying our next house because um, we lived in an apartment at the time. So we already had bought the house. So that was in place. So we knew we were going to have a place to live um, because his old job was tied to the apartments because he did start in apartments and we kind of moved out of all of that. So it was just everything was the right timing. We had clients that since we had already started doing everything part-time that wanted us to do more, we just weren't available to do more. So we already had that clientele building and it's like, we either need to not take as many calls from them or we need to push forward, take the calls and build it. Mm -hmm. You know, we kind of already had that little engine going. So it was, you get that momentum and it's either, you have to either put your pedal on the brake and shut it down, or you need to go and do the momentum. And we had the momentum, the timing lined up. It was just totally a God lined up thing. And it was like, you need to do this now, or you need to let it go. Because in all honesty, we would have regretted not taking the opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. You had to explore. So like, which see. one are you going to regret more? Yeah. So are you going to re- regret not going after it? Or are you going to regret going after it more? If we go after it and it fails, What's the worst that's going to happen to us? We're both going to have to go back and get regular jobs. Mm -hmm. That was the answer. Yeah. Or, or, I mean, you could either go A or B and B is always going to exist. So why not give A a try? 
That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's still a scary thing to go, oh my gosh, this is just going to be relying on us. There is no backup net. There is no, you know, somebody's going to make sure this works. Mm -hmm. Right. No. But is there ever really anything that is, you know, concrete, secure in there, in the world? No. In all honesty, no. Yeah. It's just our own limitations that thinks that that's the only direction that we should go. Right. So talk more about what it is you guys do for your business. Um, Yeah, we do obviously heating and cooling for commercial and multifamily properties. Um, It took us a long time to kind of find our niche of where we were most successful and even what clientele we should work for, because you don't want all the clientele that's available to you Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes your oil and water and uh, obviously they don't mix and that makes a big difference um, when you're going out to take care of people and, and get things going. Cause we just operate a certain way. So you just got to find that clientele that operates along the same basis as you. Mm-hmm. You would you say that's more core value, kind of a core value similarity, just who they are, what they do, um, what their business stands for. Cause if you do a lot of commercial and multifamily, then you're usually working with other businesses. Exactly. Yeah. It is a core value thing um, for sure. Absolutely. What do you love about being in an industry that is um, very male dominated? Um, Really, honestly, I like the the challenge of it. I like the technical aspect. I mean, if I talk to somebody on the phone nine times out of 10, they ask if I'm a technician. I'm like, I've just been around it. And just because I work in the office or I go do sales or I, I do my part, doesn't mean I don't know the technical aspect of it. I mean, we come across different situations all the time. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we have the answer, but you get that one that's just riddle me this. And you're like, what is going on? And then and you just, you find out. And then sometimes the answer is like, I can't believe it was that simple. And then other ones are like, I would have never dreamed that that was causing an issue. You know, that was causing a system to shut down because you know, this little tube was just kinked right here. You know, Mm -hmm. it's amazing in that one. It's, it's, that is the technical, that's the engineering, how things work part of my mind. Mm -hmm. That keeps you, keeps you ticking. You enjoy that. Yeah. I like the challenge. I like puzzles, figuring things out. So business is a big puzzle. There's a lot of moving pieces. You got to put everything in place. And then you add that trade component to it. And it's always, there's always a missing puzzle piece. You got to find out and figure it out. I was just talking with a client last night. um, And she goes, every time we do remodel, something comes up. And I told her, I was like, well, welcome to the trades. Congratulations. (laughs) Because no matter how much you've seen it, something's going to change on you. And you're going to go, huh. All right. And then you just adjust. I was like, it's so second nature now to have to just automatically adjust. It Mm -hmm. just, it's a natural thing. Now, if something goes smoothly and there's no hiccups and, you know, a part didn't change from a manufacturer or, you know, something lined up because they're changing stuff all the time, but we don't even know it till we get it. um, That's just one like, Oh, nothing changed. That was Mm -hmm. weird. Won't happen again. (laughs) That was weird. It's kind of an anomaly. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It, but it does. There's always a challenge. There's um, a lot of balls that we're juggling all the time. Or I'm juggling all the time. 
um, he gets to love the part of just going out and doing the technical part. I got to do uh, everything else. You can, you know, mastermind it on the master it on the back end to where it's you know that's right you know, putting those pieces together so he can go do what he does. Yeah, back and front end. We have to make the contact. We have to set it up. Then they have to go do it. Then we have to get parts. Then we have to do the billing or I have to do authorizations with our clients when there's, you know, certain dollar amounts. And, um, and then I still have to do my back end, the bookkeeping mm-hmm. and making sure all the bills are paid and everything that you don't think about when you're just an employee, there's a lot more going on in the background. It's perspective. And as an owner, there's even more going on. Exactly. How do you define success in your business? Oh, success in our business. Really, our big key has been to help people. Um, we have been fortunate enough to do a couple charity um, events, help support um, children in like third world countries to help them get food and awesome. education and shelter. So our way of giving back is through those opportunities that we have. Those are the fulfilling thing because when you're, regardless of what you do, when you're in a job, when you're in a trade, it, it's just doing that isn't fulfilling. Now we mm-hmm. like the work, but it's not fulfilling, but that's what makes it go. Okay. We're able to make this work. We've been fortunate to have a staff and now we're able to give back and move people, other people forward. And sometimes we do that too with our technical training. Sometimes we'll take a junior, a little greeny tech, and we'll bring him in and we'll train him. And we'll see if he has what it takes for this field because this field is not for the faint of heart. Mm-hmm. And if he does, he can go up to the next level. You know, so there's there's a job training component of it too. So it's giving back to other people so the world will be a better place. Mm-hmm. What does growth look like for you guys? Oh boy, growth. That's one we grew too quick. And then we had to kind of reel it back in. Um, and now we're, we're working on growing again. I mean, there's, there is so much work out there, especially in our field for a good tradesman. But when you grow too quick, you can outgrow your company. Um, you can, you can spend too much money. You can have too many HR problems. You can mm-hmm. really just have an increase of stress of everything if you don't do it in sync. Um, that's something that we really learned over the last year or two. We grew too quick, and I didn't understand that because when you're growing, you're like, "Yeah, this is good," you know. And you just clarity where you go. This is insane. Why did we do this? Or it just clicks. I understand. We grew too fast. We need to reel this back before something doesn't work. You have to catch it before you hit that critical point, you mm-hmm. know, because there is a point where it goes, you're either going to crash or you're going to make it. And you have to realize that point and then go, okay, maybe we did a little bit too fast. We need to reel this back in because of X, Y, Z. So realizing that and being okay with that are two different things. Cause when you have a large staff and then you go, Oh, we're too quick. We might need to kind of recalibrate ourselves so we can make it more manageable 
for ourselves so we can keep our stress in check is that's a hard, uh, that's a hard pill to swallow mm-hmm. and still one that I deal with, you know, now, but I know it's the right choice. I know it's what we need to do, but it's a hard choice to make. Oh, it is a hard choice to make it, it, And also it takes some self-reflection to be able to say, okay, okay, okay. We have to, we have to step back for a second in order for it to go, you know, past this point, because where we are at this point is not sustainable for sure. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. So it, and sometimes people have a struggle trying to admit that because they feel like maybe they failed in some aspect of it, but it's not that it's just, it's a, you know, a, a refocus and then strategically moving forward on it, then you can get to that next phase. Absolutely. And you, you hit it right on the head. You refocus because when you grow too big, too quick, you lose your focus because you're everywhere. I mean, exactly. we at one point had, cause we carry our GC and we have our HVAC license. So we were literally running a GC company and an HVAC company simultaneously. Oh man. That was insanity. I'm and sure. we were so stressed out. We were making money. We were so stressed out. And then we just looked at each other like, this is not worth it. We need to pick a direction. Are we doing GCing? Are we doing HVAC? And we went into HVAC. Because he really liked that technical part of it more. And I said, okay, I'll run the office part. Because right now I'm running two of these. And I can't do it. I mm-hmm. just physically cannot run both these companies. Was that the stage? And we were one company. So you brought it down to one company. Is that the stage that you um, niched at, like super niched at? Um, well, that's when we we focused in on HVAC. Okay. But then even with an HVAC, there's so many directions you can go. You can go retail, you can go industrial, uh, you can go commercial, you can go multifamily. Um, you can do investors, um, which when I say investors, I'm talking about just regular every day to day investors on the the market, mm-hmm. uh, property management. So there's a lot of things. We tried a lot of different things and then said, okay, which, which thing fits us? We, we need to focus because each area of HVAC, when you deal with a different clientele has different rules. So you're learning different rules. You know, there's a different way to work with the retail person than there is with somebody in industry or multifamily or commercial. Like you said, you're talking about you're in the business to business relationship or you're in the business to consumer relationship. So each one of those has different rules that you need to to follow or they just, they process through the system different. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you just got to refocus that. What bit of advice would you give somebody that's early stage that hasn't niched down in a trade, you know, trade speaking doesn't necessarily have to be heating and cooling, but what advice would you give them regarding actually taking the time to start determining where to niche into? Pay attention because if you're already working in the field, because most people that start a business are normally somehow related in the field, they're already starting. Mm -hmm. So who do you like working with? Who, when that phone rings, you don't cringe. Who is that? And what is their profile? And that's who you want to work with. Because if you work with the people, every time the phone rings, you go, oh my gosh, why are they calling me? You are going to make money, but you are not going to like your life. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really stressful, um, more stressful than it has to be. So pick mm-hmm. your people, 
And that's hard to do because when you have to start turning down work because you know they're not your clientele because they're going to cause extra stress for you, that's hard. Right. That is extremely hard because you feel like you're giving up an on opportunity and you shouldn't be able to turn down work and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to do that. But you know what? You can because your sanity is worth more than any money that's out there. And you'll be drugged through the sand if you don't do something about that because eventually it's going to oh yeah be too much. Yeah. You'll be stressed out. You'll bottom out. You'll something will happen. You'll lose your temper with that client. You'll something not good at some point will happen. Mm-hmm. May not be drastic, but something's gonna snap at some point, or you're just gonna stress yourself out. You're gonna give yourself a lot of health issues out of it. I have a husband and wife team that have a plumbing business and we originally we started working together because they thought they wanted to expand and hire employees. And so we started diving into really what that looked like in the underlying part of it and looking at the metrics and seeing, you know, the financials of the business, making sure that that makes sense. Well, Mm -hmm. dug into more of it and determined that that he was just like, you know what, this is overwhelming me so much that I don't, I, I'm ready just to shut the whole thing down. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. so let's look at that then. You know, and so we we went through, um, you know, I said, is it possible for you to shut it down right now? Because you do you have some other source of income to, you know, to supplement? No. Okay. So that means we continue with it. So what is it that you what what is the what are we working on then? What is it that you don't like? What is it that's overwhelming you? It was a time constraint of him doing all just the work. So long story mm-hmm. short, and working together. We actually took a plumbing business and niched down into boilers and hot water heaters only. That's brilliant. Because yeah, they, especially boilers. Yeah. And they don't have and, a lot on there, but yeah, you can name your price with the boiler out here. And he the thing is is that you know, I said, let's put this into play. And they're like, Can we actually survive off of just those? And I said, you know, that's what we're going to look at. We're going to ramp your SEO, you know, uh, have their SEO guy ramp up that conversation in the online space. It was amazingly open in our area for them to corner that. Um, and so, I mean, in t- you know, I said, let's put this in play and let's start phasing into it. And sure enough, we're now at the point where he's like, you know what? I can actually see having the employees now because I can see bringing them on, training them and just having a systematic training just for the water heaters and boilers. And and so, I mean, what they originally wanted to get to, we had to break it down a little bit. And the the component of that was getting to something that wasn't overwhelming and wasn't giving them the feeling that they're just like, like you were saying, cringing every time they got a phone call because it was just, it was just taking so much away from what they were trying to do. And they were, you know, not a huge company at that point in time, but being able to niche into one thing that can do that he was really, really good at, really enjoyed doing and just did it. And then being like, okay, now I can see how this works. Now I can see that there's plenty of work here available for this. Now I can see that that future picture, but I, there was no way to, to, to give them an opportunity, a glimpse into that future picture when everything was just so they were behind everything because it was just kept coming in at them, coming in at them. And so, you know, breaking that down so they can breathe and still be financially solvent and then move forward was very critical in finding that niche. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, they had to refocus where it was. And I understand from what you're talking about exactly where they were because they were in the golden cage. 
I've heard yes. her refer to that. And I'm yes. like, I don't understand it. I get it now because I've been in the golden cage. Yes. And then yes. you're like, oh boy, we got to get out of it. You, you just can't. want to burn it down. You're just like, your only thought is like, I just want to burn the whole thing down. I don't even know what to do now. I don't know which way to turn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's out there. But that drive and that gumption, that's that yes. grit. I've heard it called. Yes. That's where it takes place because you go, I got to dig myself out of this. I got to get a direction and you have to refocus. Or like you said, you will just be like, nope, done. And you walk away, which I see a lot of people do. Right. Understandably, because it's stressful. It's painful. Like personal growth. You're going to grow. Exactly. You have to. That's an absolute side benefit that you don't even see coming, but it's going to take you down that road whether you like it or not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And but it's I good mean, for you. Yeah, it is. And, and I heard people say that when we first started out, because this isn't our first business. We've had a couple mm-hmm. others that have failed and, you know, before this. And they tell you that and you're like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I guess maybe some ways. The person that I started and the person I am now are completely different in certain arenas. And different parts of my life, like the being able to be pushed around, that's really hard to push me around right now. I have a real <laughs> thick skin. You can say a lot to me now, and I'm probably not going to react. But before all this started, I was a little bit more sensitive with that. Sure. Um, just, yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot that changes if I really went through it all. I mean, even um, one of our technicians has known me as long as I've known my husband. We actually all went to high school together. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he was like, you are not the same person than you were in high school. Wasn't in a bad way. He was like, you're definitely different. And I was like, well, I'm in a business. It'll change you. It'll do that. It'll push your boundaries and you're going to know where your boundaries are. And you're going to want to know, you're going to know when people can push them and when they're not. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to set that up you're going to have to set your boundaries up and learn when to push back and learn when to be quiet, which is a very hard skill to learn when you like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It kind (laughs) of leads you down. It'll, it'll guide you a little bit towards what, what is, you know, the best for that for sure. Right. That's funny. So what do you, what, if you had one thing to share that you had, that has changed you through this entrepreneurial journey. What is the one key thing that you think you have taken away from what all that this has turned you into changed you and helped you become? The one thing I can say that's an advice or something I've seen for myself um, is you can't take it personal. I can, I've learned more of the boundaries of when to take things personal but when it's business, you can't take it personal. Like, you know, we have employee families. Here's a good example. This has been the hardest lesson over the last year, I should say. So all of our technicians feel like family. We have a very family atmosphere. We're very close. We know everything about pretty much everybody here in the company. And they know pretty much everything about us. We we call it the welcome to the all pro family. So we take you under our wing. And one thing that we would do as a business, um, which some businesses can do, but when you're small, this makes it even harder is we would give everybody hours 
and stuff like that when we really didn't have the hours in our slow seasons, which is good, but Mm -hmm. we gave too many hours. And when you give too many hours and there's not income coming in, you're seeing there's a short here, you know, like, oh, yeah, you have to protect the company. You have to you have to find the balance of making sure your people are taken care of and taking care of the company. And that's okay to consider taking care of the company because the company is what keeps everybody employed. And it's okay to do hard decisions in the name and for the company. It's not personal. It is for the company because the company is what's supporting you and everybody else. So you have to protect that company first. You have to put people first, but you have to protect that company. You can't let the company get nickeled and dimed and make bad business decisions to keep it going Mm -hmm. because you want to be nice. Right. Again, and I see this all the time when, when I go in and, and analyze a business or work with a business and we determine how, you know, what their growth pattern going forward looks like. And I tell them, we determine if everybody's in the right place in, in doing the right, the right, uh, or in the right skill sets, uh, contribution for the company. Um, and then we shift around, but then sometimes, you know, if there isn't a fin- fit and I just say, it's not personal. It's for the company because if you have employees that uh, I have a CPA right now and she has employees that are not, not having, don't have billable hours. And she's like, I can only have so many of those because that's off of the overhead. And I said, yes, it is. So we either reroute it or we determine that, you know, we have to make a decision, but it's the decision for the business because ultimately at the end of the day, the business has to survive where nobody has anything, you know? And so it's not personal. And I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, feeling like they want to create that family, want to create that culture, want to create that environment. But then what happens when, you know, seemingly great people come in, but don't share that same thought process and then kind of disrupt that culture and it puts the owners in kind of a catch 22 because they don't want to let them go. They, they feel like they're negatively impacting someone's world, which yes and no. I mean, they're give, you're giving them an opportunity to find what fits for them better too. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you have to keep that consideration that the business, it's a family. Yes, the culture is extremely important because the culture you have internally is what's going to be displayed, whether you say it you know, overtly or covertly to your clients, it's what's going to come through. So the culture is important, but it, it isn't personal. You can't make it personal because at the end of the day, the business has to live. Right. Exactly. That, um, yeah, I mean, it's exactly right because it, it does, it has to be able, it's another person in your company. I mean, your company is like, you really have to think of them as looking at a person right there. They have to be paid. They have to be fed. They have to yeah. have their stuff or it, your, your doors go away, you know, like everything gets shut yeah. down. So exactly. it makes it, it's, it's a, it's a boundary thing. You got to find that balance and then um, creating that family culture that they know when we make decisions, they know it's for the interest of the Mm -hmm. company. It's not for our pocketbook. No, that money's not going into our pocket. It's going to protect the company. And when they get that trust, that's another thing is the the trust thing. They get that trust. They go, okay, I understand this is not personal. And normally, if we have to make a, a rough decision, we have to cut hours, we try and 
find them work somewhere else or we give them suggestions. Um, but normally we don't have to lay off too much, but we haven't been giving as many hours as we have in the past on slow times because mm-hmm. we realize that that that's not healthy for the company. Right. We don't, we need to make sure everybody's fed and able to, you know, pay their bills and stuff in the slow time, but the company doesn't have to flip that bill. There are other things that we can do that exactly help the company along on that one. So it's, it's a lot of, pro- it's a problem again. It's like, okay, here's a problem. How do we fix it? What can we do? And we kind of problem solve it. Exactly. That's so, how you become successful. Yeah, absolutely. And being ready to fail, you're going to fail. You think you're going to know it all and you're going to fall flat on your face. Plenty of times <laughs> you got to be able to dust that off, get up and go, won't do that again. Yeah. That but didn't then, work. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Maybe not. Maybe in hindsight it doesn't work, but um, yeah, you, you got to be ready to fail. But actually one thing you said, uh, kind of backtracking here a little bit about the company culture. The funny thing is, or not really the funny thing or the ironic part is just the way our culture set up that if we hire somebody and we think they're going to fit our culture and they come in, they don't fit our culture. They're normally out the door within 30 days mm-hmm. of their own. Mm-hmm. Normally we don't have to do anything mm-hmm. because when we're realizing they don't fit and we're trying with them, we're like, okay, cause we're pretty lenient. So we're like, okay, you know, let's try this. Let's try this. Amazing thing happens when you're focused. And you have a solid company culture and everybody's locked in the ones that don't want to be there, that don't want to conform to that culture, normally just filter, go on their way to somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a solid culture then. I mean, you've established a very good baseline culture because then it Mm -hmm. is, it is to the point where these, this is just how we operate and you either come in with this culture or, you know, you choose to self-select out and that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And building a business is like, is almost the equivalent of testing a hypothesis over and over (laughs) and seeing, you know, what works. And then once you get that nice foundation of it, then you can just put that part on autopilot and let it continue. Um, You know, as it's monitored, you you don't ever take your eyes off of it, but um, oh, no, you can't do that. <laughs> culture is big though. Business culture is big, especially when you have teams and employees and contractors or, you know, however that, however the day gets, you know, diced up and completed for the clients, the culture is extremely important. Yeah. Sometimes we joke, we're like, you're either with us for a week or two, or you're with us for five years. So it's kind of <laughs> like you go one way or the other. There's not a really right. So. <laughs> So but, um, how, how would the listeners find your business if they happen to need your services or in, in your location? Yeah, well, we're in Indianapolis, Indiana. So we serve basically surrounding counties in Marion County. Um, we're definitely online at callallproindy.com. And we're on Facebook and Google and Instagram. And I think that's it. Excellent. Yes, that's all right. We'll make sure to put those all in the show notes so that they can just hyperlink straight to it and see who you are and check out an amazing business that has weathered the storms and learned how to navigate the ship as it goes forward. Great. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much.
Thank you for coming on today, Katie. It has been my pleasure to interview you and get to know a little bit more about your business. And I look forward to continuing the conversation at some point. Great. I'd love to do that. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening in. And as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedovegannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward. 